Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. Hi, this is Pastor Dan, and thank you again for joining us uh, for Transformation, where the Word of God always brings transformation in our lives. And we're having conversations today with uh, someone that's really important to me in my life. It is Pastor Mike Wormuth, uh, my brother, and one of our favorite subjects is to talk about the Word of God and how God's Word impacts our life and transforms our life. And in light of eschatology, the study of last days, um, I think it's one of the most exciting conversations we have other than your grandbabies when you talk about those (laughs) amazing boys that you have. I I got a head start on you. You did. I know you'll have some soon. Um, uh, I'm I'm praying for uh, some agreement with uh, my sons to get moving in that direction. (laughs) Uh, I do remind them the scripture says be fruitful and multiply. So we're we're looking for that. Um, But Mike, let's just jump in today. Um, There's a lot of um, anxiety in people's hearts and lives today uh, concerning the moment that we're in, we see the spirit of Antichrist at work in the earth uh, and operating in people's hearts. But you know, there's good news for us today as we study the Word of God. So um, would you just jump right in on that area of why, why is this moment so important to us and how we can be hope-filled in it? Well, it is an exciting day to be living and uh, serving the Lord. You know, this is, uh, as you said earlier, the, we are in uh, the end times. Uh, it is so evident, and prophecies have being fulfilled and been fulfilled. And, uh, you know, we are just excited about what is next. But, you know, in the meantime, we have to be busy about our Father's business. We need to be working for the Lord. Our goal is to share the good news. And that's what we have to share. It's what the gospel means means it's good news and uh, in a world full of bad news it, it needs good news desperately and uh, and we need it we need it for our own spirits and our own hearts you know as the word declares that uh, some men's hearts will fail them because they're so uh, down and discouraged because of events but we ha- we have the gospel on our side we have Christ on our side and in our hearts and um, so it, it's a wonderful time to be living and, and also thinking about the harvest. The harvest is great. You know, we have work to be doing and uh, we don't have time to to fool around. You know, we never have. You know, the church has always been commissioned to be busy about mm-hmm. the Father's business. But uh, when we see what's happening today, um, we got to be after it. So when we study the Word of God right now... Um Well, maybe let me say it this way. From our youth, when we were growing up in church, our uncle uh, was our pastor. Mom and dad was, you know, working and laboring with them. There were men who were teaching the word of God concerning the times that we lived in then Mm -hmm. and how to recognize what's going on in God's timeline in the earth. And for us, I think now, these many years later, everything we see happening there is this biblical filter by which we see and understand what's going on. So there's not fear in our hearts. Mm -hmm. There's faith in our hearts because the Lord has already foretold. These are things that you'll see happening. And how can we encourage people again? They need to get back to the book 
study the scripture. Yeah, really do. You know, we're, we're commanded to study the word. You know, Timothy, the workman, study the word, show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but mm-hmm. rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, when we study the word, and especially when we study prophecy, uh, it opens our heart to God's purposes and his plans. You know, and this, this is where, you know, we people can get discouraged because they see the Antichrist spirit. They see this incredible um, movements that are just... Um, anti-biblical and, and, and anti-faith and uh, it can be very discouraging but in reality we know that God has a plan he has to to wrap things up at some point you know the, we, we can't go on like this forever mm-hmm. uh, there has to be a time when we understand okay God's wrapping up and we are, we are going to be moving into a, a new um, dispensation a new time when when God's dealing with with other things that he has foretold about and prophesied about and so there's there's great peace that comes it comes and it fills our hearts because we know god's in charge you know even as he declared in in daniel chapter 5 that god rules the kingdoms of men and gives them to whomever he will yeah even if it's people we would disagree with Mm -hmm. there sometimes there are steps that have to be taken in order for it to be fulfilled but i also believe that there will be a great end time harvest i believe Mm -hmm. that um, and many scholars believe that there's going to be a time of outpouring uh, it's yet to come. We have seen a great outpouring, and we, we do see that in other parts of the world. But yet I believe there's still more uh, that God has for us, even as uh, Joel prophesied that yes. he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. So literally Jesus is commissioning the church. Um, at his departure, and then also promising to them there will be one who will come, the person of the Holy Spirit, to be in our lives for the empowerment for that great commission. And so our nature is the great commandment, and our commission is go and preach the good news. And it's been 2,000 years almost uh, now that we've been on that great commission. It looks like God must really love people. He does. For it to be this long. The disciples thought Jesus might return literally during their lifetime. They did. Yeah. And and God wants his house full. Say that again. God wants his house full. Just just like, you know, I love it when my, we were talking about earlier, my grandbabies and I together, whether at my house or, or at my son's house. I have three grandsons, five, four, and two. And and uh, the youngest is is named after me. His name's Benjamin Michael, and mm-hmm. and uh, and you know it's just I love having my my family with me in my home. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and I'm getting a little sense of what God wants. He wants His house full, and and all of God's people, all of creation, that's His children, whether they are serving Him or not, they're still His children, and uh, and it's our our mission to help them. To return to the Father's house, to get to get connected into His family like they really need to be, because um, there's, you know, we talk about Christians being discouraged. We talk about Christians being distressed over these things. What about the world? You know, yeah. they they may look on the outside like they're having fun. It may look like you know it's a blast, and and even Scripture says sin is pleasurable for a season, but inside. It's emptiness, mm-hmm. absolute emptiness. You hear all the testimonials of these wealthy people. Um, you know, the guy that played Chandler yes. uh, in uh, the, the TV series Friends. Mm-hmm. I forget his name, but um, he he talked about how he just wanted to be famous. He just wanted to be famous, and then how empty that was. He became famous. He became wealthy. He became well-known, but it did not fill the void in his mm-hmm. life. 
Only God can fill that. And so our, our mission is to help fill the house of God. I, I love what you used to say, and it probably still say from the pulpit, that we're making it hard for people to go to hell from, from our town, yeah. you know, from our city. We don't want them to go. That, that should be a mission. That, absolutely. If it's easy for people to go to hell from our communities, we're not preaching the gospel. That's right. We're hiding out, waiting for an escape hatch or something. Yeah, and then that's not what God's called. God's called us to be engaged, engaged in our community, involved, uh, you know, a positive force uh, to to bring light and hope to those who are who are destitute, even if they don't realize it. So there's a real um, attitude adjustment that comes to um, every person's heart when we realize the truth that you spoke a moment ago about everyone is God's children, but not all have accepted the invitation to his house. Mm-hmm. So God looks at them and he loves them. Yes. Um, and he has love for everyone, even those who are doing wickedly yes. and um, destroying the image of God in other people's lives. He loves them for the sake of he wants them to spend eternity with him and be changed. Yes. N- not to remain in their sin, but to be changed and transformed. That's right. Uh, and to be redeemed. So, you know, there are people right now who are thinking, how in the world... Um, without my using some words today, and just how could a particular people group who just committed a horrible atrocity in October be loved by God? Right. And and you say God loves them, and yet they do such a horrible thing. Yeah. Uh, yet the juxtaposition is Calvary is for everyone. That's right. Even though everyone may not choose Calvary. That's right. Yeah, and God loves them. He, but he he obviously he hates the sin, as we all should. You know, the old phrase, you know, love the sinner, but hate the sin. Yeah. Um, it's so true. I, in fact, I remember seeing this Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. You mm-hmm. remember Calvin and yeah. Hobbes? And his dad comes home. He's getting out of the car and Calvin's standing in the front road or in the front yard of the house. And he's holding up a sign that says, love the sinner, hate the sin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's done something. And he knows <laughs> corrections coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, so in light of in light of this thought, God loves people even while they're in their sin, because he knows that all of us were deserving of death, hence the reason why we all needed a savior. We all needed redemption. Then there are those who come to Christ and they're, they're walking that, that uh, journey with the Lord and growing and being transformed, you know, on a day-to-day basis by the word of God, the washing of the word in their mind. Um, but in light of that, those who have accepted, there are those who are, have full on rejected. They have. And the word of God talked to us about that being the case, that there would be those who would not embrace yeah. the good news. And God still has a plan that's happening in the earth in spite of their rejecting that. Yeah. And eschatology is the understanding of the of the human experience that we're having right now mm-hmm. um, in light of a loving father who is also a just God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key is is uh, that his love does not outweigh his justice and his justice does not outweigh his love they are balanced perfectly balanced and uh in realizing that even those whom choose to love god will still stand before him and we will give account for our lives even mm-hmm. though we have been redeemed and washed by the blood of christ we're still going to go before god and give account you know for how we lived our life and you know Digging a hole in the ground and, and hiding out is is paramount to the man who took his talent and hid it in the ground. 
and, exactly. and God called him wicked, you know, because of, of that action. So, you know, he is just, he is loving. Uh, there is a, there is a side of judgment that's coming. And, and here's the thing about eschatology in the end times. When we think about judgment, because that's what, that's what the end times is about. You know, we talk about the tribulation, uh, Daniel's 70th week, you know, the, the time of Jacob's trouble, however you want to look at that or phrase that or, or study it, 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 it. Just understand that that's all judgment and it's all coming. And that, uh, you know, for the Christian, the judgment that we deserve was taken by Christ. Mm-hmm. He took that judgment mm-hmm. uh, upon himself at Calvary. And paid for our sins so that our faith in him set us free from an expectation of the wrath of God. But for those who reject Christ, they will have to suffer that wrath. They have basically invited God to say, okay, I reject Jesus. I'll I'll take punishment for my own sins. And that's not something anybody wants to do. Uh, That is a horrible prospect in the future. Well, that's the perfect balance. I think you mentioned a moment ago of God's love. Christ became sin for us that we could be free from sin. Yes. And the rejection of that is then justice is that you, you cannot, you will not spend eternity with me. Yes. You will be apart from me because you've chosen not to be part of me. Yeah. And even, even those who are, who have gone to hell, even if they were given the opportunity to inhale, let's just say that, that, that this is not scriptural. I'm just giving a, a scenario here. Mm-hmm. Given the opportunity to leave hell and come to heaven, they would reject it mm-hmm. because to them, they would still have to submit to Christ and be a servant and a worshiper of Christ. And they don't want that. Mm-hmm. They want to get out of hell. I they, guarantee you, sure. they want to get out of the fire. They want to get out of the the punishment, uh, but they don't want to f- fall at the feet of Christ. Their they, nature is still the same. They, right. they do not want to m- submit to Him as Lord and Savior, yeah. as King and Redeemer. Yeah, and, and it's a horrible prospect to think that that there is no exits. Hell has no exits. You know, it is eternal. Uh, some some teach that it's not, but uh, that's not scriptural. Mm-hmm. Jesus. On constant, uh, on many occasions, stated that uh, hell is eternal; it's everlasting, mm-hmm. and and so it's a it's a horrible prospect for anyone you know to to consider the fact that that could be their destination. And I pray uh, that if you're listening today, that you reject that and that you embrace Christ and His love and His sacrifice. Yes, what He did to take punishment off of you and on Himself that we all might be redeemed. That love component that I hear in your voice right there, that you're, you're speaking of what God provided in giving his son, what the word embraced by choosing um, to come and bring that redemption. Um, then God did not leave us in the dark concerning what was, what's going to be coming. No. And he indicated that for us. Um, Literally, from the earliest of of the prophets uh, in the first covenant, we're we're being given indications of there these things are coming, and God is out of His love for us. He tells us ahead of time. He does. In fact, uh, from Genesis, really, from what we call the Protevangelium, which is the first promise of redemption, and that's in Genesis three, um, verse. 
15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And this is talking about the, the prophecy that a Redeemer would come from Eve, because he's speaking to Eve here, and that he, that he would destroy mm-hmm. the seed of the evil one, mm-hmm. which is the snake. Mm-hmm. So the, the seed of the evil one is... is is uh, the wicked and also Satan himself. And the seed of the woman is Christ. Remember that in the marriage relationship that the man brings a seed and the woman brings the egg. Yes. So when they come together and they have a child, if the child is a boy, then that's considered the seed. So this is why the first promise of redemption is that there will be a male that will be born, which is why the, every Jewish woman always longed to have boys. They wanted to have a boy because he might be the Messiah. Might he be. might be the, the coming, the chosen one. Yes. And that's why they valued uh, young men because of this promise. And so from the very beginning, God gave us this promise that that uh, there would come one that would destroy the wicked and destroy destroy Satan himself. And uh, and that's the promise. That's the, the, the very first promise in the very beginning, right from the get-go. You, you think about this, you know, when... When, when Adam and Eve sinned, which was horrible, you know, this, we've inherited the sin nature because of that. Right. And, uh, and you know, God put them in the garden just kind of um, thinking about this scenario. You know, you're in this perfect environment. Perfect. Right? Yes. There's, there's no sin. There's no envy. There's no pride. There's nothing. You know, it's absolutely perfect. And God says to them, everything is yours. Absolutely everything except one thing. This tree. Don't touch it. Now, I used to say this. If I was God and I had that tree, I would place that tree on the side of a mountain, off of a cliff, surrounded by wild beasts (laughs) and briars and thistles, and there would Uh be horrible weather and lightning Mm -hmm. strikes and, and smoke. I would do everything to keep people away from that. But God doesn't do that. No. He places it right smack dab in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And, and they have to pass that. Every time you cross the garden, oh, there's that tree. That's God's tree. Don't touch it. Don't, don't bet. God's reserved that for himself. Mm-hmm. God hasn't changed that principle, by the way. There's still things that he places in our lives, and he mm-hmm. says, that's mine. That's good. Don't touch it. That's mine. Don't touch it. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of those is, is when we talk about uh, faithfulness and, and tithing. That's God's. We don't touch that. That's God's. Uh, and other things, you know, but, but there, there are things he does that he puts that in our lives and he says, this is mine. You know, I want you to honor me with it. Do not touch it. So he places them in this perfect environment. And of course, this is where, this is where the fall takes place. And it's horrible because the, they have, they have fallen. And, and some scholars believe that Adam was actually standing right next to Eve because the scripture says that Eve gave to Adam who was with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that he was there and that somehow he did not stand up and take his rightful place mm-hmm. as the leader of the home and stop that from happening. Or redeemer. Right. Right. Uh, and, and But then, you know, we have God has to deal with this. So he yes. gives the promise of redemption. And then what does he do? He makes them coats of skin. Yeah. What is what happens? There is a blood sacrifice yes. that God makes. God made it. God made the very first blood sacrifice. He slew animals, whether they were sheep or whether they were cows or whatever they were. I, I preference is, and most scholars believe that they were sheep, mm-hmm. because that's the typology of who Christ is, mm-hmm. uh, the Lamb of God. 
and then he took their 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 hides and made them clothes coats of skin to wear and that some scholars even believe that those were still bloody mm-hmm. they were not yet cured mm-hmm. so actual blood but I don't sure we don't know about that. that's just a hypothesis but the fact is that God made the first blood sacrifice to cover the sins of Adam and Eve and then he gave a promise of a future sacrifice mm-hmm. that would not just cover the sins of Adam and Eve but would wash uh, those sins away and that redemption a promise began a journey even with men's hearts yeah. still being filled with the sin nature passed to them from their first father and mother yeah. yet God is working and dealing with them and drawing people to himself which is exactly what the scriptures are when we look at the Bible think of it this way there are only four perfect chapters in the Bible. When I say perfect, I don't mean that there are errors in the Bible. What I'm saying is that there's only four chapters where there's no sin, there's no devil, uh, there's no there's no uh, sin nature, uh, there is there's no bad weather, you know, there's no earthquakes or hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there is there's nothing wrong and and God lives with man on the earth. Because in, in, in Genesis, you know, in that garden, God would walk in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. Yes. So those four chapters are Genesis 1 and 2 yeah. and Revelation 21 and 22. Everything in between is what we call the scarlet thread. That's God working his way back to what he originally created. What did he create? Adam and Eve, mankind, his family, living with him mm-hmm. on his earth in his home. Mm-hmm. And in Revelation 21 and 22, what do we see? We see God living with his man on the earth in his home. And that's that's what those are the bookends of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So all of the things in between are, are pointing towards God getting back to redeem, reclaim, restore, all those re-words. So everything that starts with an R-E, mm-hmm. you know, redeem, uh, the, Christ is our redeemer, reclaim, restore, re- reconcile, renovate, you name it. God taking us back to where he originally planned uh, for us to to be. This conversation today actually is um, a conversation in eschatology because the theology or the understanding of God's intention and his actions and his nature that we're talking about now must be established before we could ever talk about who's the man of sin or what is that all about or this particular seal or that particular judgment. If we do not understand those components that God started this thing and it was beautiful Mm -hmm. and he intends to restore it to beautiful where he is with us, if we don't understand that, then we're going to get wrong the rest of it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he knew that. God knew that we would be confused and have misinformation and sometimes incomplete information. And so he started this process of sharing uh, the good news about his plan through prophets mm-hmm. and prophecy and talking about why to encourage us to put peace in our hearts for us to understand his plan so that when we're in these days, these days we're living in where things are chaotic and crazy uh, and and we're like, you know, right is wrong and wrong is right. And and we see these things that we have that supernatural peace that comes from the Holy Spirit 
that that fills our hearts and minds. And so we don't have to be afraid. No. And we should study. We should dig into prophecy. Mm-hmm. We should dig into the, the study of the end times because it encourages us. So the things in Scripture that would um, some people read that and they go, wow, that is scary. I'm afraid. Um, mm-hmm. The thought is, is that, no, it's part of the process of getting us to where we're, yeah. we're going for that reconciliation of mankind That's and Father right. God. Um, in that moment. So a person right now listening is saying, but, um, you know, pastors, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to process through this, this wickedness in the world that we live in, where people say, well, this is my truth. They, they're speaking their truth, but it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. And how do we know when we're hearing the truth? Well, when you study the word and the word becomes you know, sealed in your heart, you know the truth and lies stand out. Oh. It's kind of like, you know, the, those folks that are in the banking industry. They go mm-hmm. to special classes to recognize counterfeit money. And the entire class, they, they take them there and they'll spend like four or five days. And guess what they studied? They only study the real. Mm-hmm. They don't look at a single piece of counterfeit money. They only look at the real bills and they study those bills and then at the end of that week, they'll show them some counterfeits. And just like that, they, uh, they recognize they recognize what is fake, what is counterfeit. That is, that's the way it is with the Word of God. When we study the real, we study the truth, we get that solidified into our heart. When something pops up and we're like, oh, that's not of God. Mm-hmm. Because I know the truth. And the truth has set me free from that anxiety, that distress, Perfect. that worry. That's that's the point of reference. Yeah. The truth, yes. the way, the truth, the life, Christ. Yeah. When he is the point of reference, then you are easily able to recognize something is not right with this situation. Yep. Uh, which also is the component of they can they can go right to the Lord. Lord, something seems off about this. I need I need you yes. to engage it, and they can find it in the Word. Because the most sure word of prophecy is the Word of God. Yeah, and it's the testimony of Jesus. What? That's what it says in Revelation. Mm-hmm. I know. I love that favorite. That's one of my favorite verses. But you know, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. That's right. You know, in these last few moments that we have, I just want you to pray for those people who are listening right now, um, because we're going to have another session. We're going to talk about even go deeper in eschatology, but pray for them um, in this moment, would you, as they are um, walking through life? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you want your house full, that you want to to redeem the lost and to to bring us home to our heavenly home. God, I just ask God that you would encourage folks today, that your Holy Spirit would just nudge them and, and draw them and, and, and just uh, get them to the Lord to seek your face like never before, especially in, in the light of what we're facing. God, I just pray that you would help us to seek your face, to get connected with a, a body of believers, Lord, to be part of a local assembly to, so we can encourage each other and build each other up. and. Allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit working in other people's lives to minister to us and to allow the gift that you've given us to minister to others. I pray, God, that you would just let the light of Jesus just shine upon the word that's been planted in our heart. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would water that word, that that word would take deep root, that it would grow, and that it would bear fruit in due season. That's what I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I agree with that. Boy, I think our mom and dad would be looking over the balcony of heaven 
uh, cheering us on today in this conversation. They certainly mm-hmm. love um, the study of the Word of God. And I thank you so much for tuning in and listening today here. We're so grateful for our friends here at Canio Radio uh, and their amazing uh, ministry, uh, literally around the world and certainly in our community. Join us again next time as we continue to have conversations in eschatology, in times, God's plan for man, and how it is filled with hope for what God is doing. Until then, this is Pastor Dan saying thanks again for joining us here on Transformation. We speak a blessing over your life today. Make sure you're in your local church. Get to church this Sunday. Every Sunday is a back to church Sunday, so go there and connect with your church family. Let the Word of God bring transformation in your life every day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. For 60 years, Crowder College has been empowering students to soar to new heights. From agriculture to education, to business, sports, and the newest technologies, Crowder always has something interesting going on. I'm Adam Winkler of KNEO Radio. Join me each week as I talk to a different person from Crowder College about what's been happening and what's coming up next. It's the Insider's Guide to All Things Crowder. Subscribe today to the This Week in Crowder College podcast, available from the Sky High Podcast Network.